नमस्ते एंड वेलकम टू अवर पॉडकास्ट टुडे मेनी पीपल आस्ट मी अबाउट दिस इज योगा रिलीजियस आर इज योगा कनेक्टेड टू हिंदू रिलीजन इट कीप्स कमिंग बैक टू मी एंड दे आस्ट मी टू पोस्ट ए पॉडकास्ट ऑन दिस यस पीपल गेट कंफ्यूज्ड योगा टू बी रिलीजियस रिलीजन व्हेन वी से इट इज ए is about the organized religion so in order to understand whether yoga is religious or not we have to understand first what is religion you go to the google guru and then see the different definitions about religion so religion is given as one of the basic institutions of the society it's a social system in which there is common faith worship rituals customs and traditions it is also given as a unified system of beliefs and practices <coughs> sorry relative to a sacred thing which unite them into one single moral community so essentially when you look at it you will understand that every religion organized religion will have a belief system it will have a belief system and there will be one god or one prophet there will be one holy book and there will be one headquarters so you can look at any religion a christianity or a or islam it's the major religions in the world even other religions they have a belief system and there will be one god you have to believe in that god or you have to believe in that prophet to practice so you need to believe in that system to practice and they also will have a holy book and there will be one headquarters which generally uh, controls the whole uh, organization so in order to practice a religion you need to believe that uh, believe the belief is important if i want to uh, if i go to a church and want to pay them the the fee and become a member there they will ask me do you believe in jesus have you converted to christianity first i have to convert myself according to their system of conversion baptizing whatever it is if it is christianity or it is islam there is another methods so there i have to convert myself and then declare that i will believe what they believe so this is very important for uh, if you want to go to makka they don't allow you to go to makka unless you are in uh, muslim so belief is very important so to practice a religion first you should believe when come to yoga you see you don't need to believe in anything to practice yoga yoga philosophy talks about reincarnation but you don't need to believe reincarnation to practice and in fact if you carefully start looking at yoga it's like a science to promote physical and emotional well being 
there is no fear of hell or no enticement for heaven it's all here and now working with your body with your breath with your mind it's a, it's like a science to empower you yoga uses sanskrit language sanskrit sanskrit or sanskrit samskritam the language doesn't make anything religious if sanskrit makes yoga religious then we have to say that the all the the science is christian because they are all in the same language gravity is christian or the science because it's given in greek and latin then it becomes something else so we need to understand language doesn't make something uh, religious the same language we have religious texts and we have secular texts we have poetry we have so many things sanskrit has so much of literature vast literature this is the oldest language in the world and which is very well developed language so language doesn't make it a religious thing then some other questions come up that in the yoga practice we do things like a chanting of the om in the beginning or at the end so it looks like amen which is like a like a religious thing chanting of om looks makes it religious no chanting of om is based on the sound vibrations and uh, it helps to gather oneself to become quiet there is a lot of understanding about it about the phonetics in it we will take it up separately but that is not the essential part of yoga even if somebody doesn't chant om they can practice yoga the nobody is really banning them from that it is connected more to the cultural appropriation and all it has come from the indian tradition and there is a way of doing things so you want to practice something but you don't want to acknowledge its roots then uh, that is what we call as cultural appropriation you are taking things but you don't acknowledge anything so so that's very unfair you are not asked to pay any royalty or not asked to pay money you are asked to acknowledge that is a expected thing anywhere similarly in the yoga practice uh, there are different things mantras are used sometimes gods and goddesses are uh, are being brought in to some of the things there is a lot of myth there are a lot of stories because many of the asanas we have different uh, stories about them so people start thinking connecting yoga to the religion so this is where we need to understand about the hindu religion what is this hindu religion uh when we understand it properly then this confusion will go otherwise this confusion continues uh first thing is the hindu religion is not a religion it has been called a religion by others because they are used to looking at themselves as a religious group so naturally they will feel comfortable when, only when they put the others also into a group like i already i belong to one community one group with a particular belief system and a and a god for me and i i feel comfortable in my group so the moment i look at someone else who is not in my group i look at them as also a group that is how they started forming these groups the thing is in the hindu what you call hindu is a word coined only recently 
the hinduism the word hindu appeared here and there in the chinese uh, literature and all but it was more on sindhu the river sindhu that is the indus so the indian name for the indus is sindhu sindhu became hindu sindhu hind hindu became hind that is how hindi also came from there the language hindi the majority language in india so the word hindu is not there anywhere in the entire indian literature of the ancient literature this vast amount of spiritual uh, literature the vedas in the entire vedas there is not a single place where the word hindu appears so the hindu word came much later others were trying to call this group as people who are living on the other side of the indus are on the banks of the indus that is indus valley civilization so people living in those areas were they were trying to put them as sindh which became hind and then hindu word was coined but the ism thing came up much later when people started trying to identify themselves into different groups especially after the islam formed so the ancient indian tradition it was always called as sanatana dharma it is dharma sanatana means ancient dharma means based on universal principles dharma means universal principles all universal principles put together all the laws of nature all the laws of nature put together is called dharma so it was always called as sanatana dharma the word hindu or hinduism all this is very latest and many theories they tell that it was only coined in 1800 around 1830 or so british coined the word hinduism and gave it a big popularity some of the governor generals who were ruling the country at that time they gave a big push to that hinduism uh, word and they started putting them as a as a as a group which believe in many gods and goddesses so like pagan religions they were trying to put them in that group that they have a lot of gods and goddesses they worship trees they worship animals they worship everything so it is a, like pagan they whether they understood or not we don't understand whether they deliberately did it for political reasons to divide and rule because uh, when the islam was already there in india it was there from around 980 Uh, before that there was no uh, islam islamic invasions started in india around 9970 from with gajni and then after a couple of hundreds of years then the islam invasions became more and then the mughals came and then from there the british came so nearly 1000 years 700 years by islamic rule and 300 years british so they so they have these conversions both islam converts and christianity converts whereas there is no conversion in hinduism for example you go and ask someone that i want to become a hindu they will say okay you practice that's all there is no conversion to hinduism there is no conversion mechanism only in i think 9780 uh, years before 100 years before um it was started by arya samaj there was one institution they they said that uh, since other religions are converting let us also uh, try to 
make some system to convert if somebody wants to come into hinduism let us make a system otherwise they are not satisfied so for that this is the ancient indian traditions that's what the sanatana dharma it was there for more than 7000 or 10000 years because the vedas have been found to be 7 to 10000 years old by indological studies lot of scientific studies have proven and accepted all over the world that the vedas are 7 to 10000 years old and that is the basis even now for the entire indian philosophical ideas and yoga is also inspired from vedas only vedas inspired different indian philosophies what we call as shat darshanas six schools of philosophy vaisheshika nyaya sankhya yoga purva mimamsa uttara mimamsa ar vedanta these are the six main schools of philosophy darshanas yoga is one of them so yoga is inspired by the vedas so in the vedas the word hindu is not there in the vedas talk of lot of things but they don't demand you to believe in anything you can believe something you don't need to so the first thing is the hinduism is as you are understanding it it is not a religion like any other religion because there is no conversion system to hinduism and no forced practices is not a unified uh, code there is no unified code there is not one god we have 333000 plus gods and goddesses in hinduism there are 333000 plus gods and goddesses people laugh when i say this but it is real because plus means you can keep adding gods and goddesses we can add jesus as a god no problem we add also in fact buddha is a god for us everyone is a god tomorrow for example you come and tell last night i had a vision i saw one god and you make a picture of that you draw a picture and you say this is the god i saw with four heads and i am going to uh, this god has these qualities and characteristics this god will give you strength this god will give you success and this god appeared to me and said that you build a temple for me and uh, you do it and then people will come people will give you donations to build the temple they don't uh, worry at all in the same family people can worship different gods different goddesses they can go to a temple they don't need to go to a temple there is no subscription system to any temple you can go to any hindu temple anyone can go to any temple it is not that no if i am a catholic i cannot go to a protestant or evangelical or so many methodists so we have so much orthodox we have there is no such thing we have temples of shiva um vishnu there is no problem there used to be some politicization uh, a few hundred years before uh, but then they all uh, vanished because it was people understand because people go to uh, the people who understand the the sanatana dharma ancient indian tradition they are liberal it's the whole thing is based on liberal approach you worship any god any goddess or you don't want to worship any god or goddess also is provided so because islam comes and says we don't worship any form but they don't understand that in hinduism there is one section called as uh, worshiping the formless worshiping the formless uh, nirakar akar means shape or form sakar or nirakar we have hundreds of things so we have gods with forms and we also have the truth without any form you can worship that 
there is in fact a lot of discussion about this even in the text bhagavad gita when arjuna asks krishna can i worship the formless he says yes worshiping the formless also can be done but it will be slightly difficult he says it will be difficult because we are used to thinking about forms so it's easy to take up a form uh, but it is very much allowed so we have gods and goddesses with all forms and also the truth without any form what we call as the universal intelligence so universal intelligence uh, is uh, is everywhere everything we all are considered as the nothing but the totality only you try to understand this concept of universal intelligence in the hindu philosophy i am now using the word hindu philosophy because that is the discussion about the this podcast that yoga is uh, is yoga a hindu part of the hindu religion so if you look at electricity the electricity is one is expresses itself through different electrical gadgets electricity comes out as light through a bulb comes out as wind or movement through a fan comes out as heat through a heater comes out as a cold through a aircon so different things this electricity has all those properties within itself is expressing through different gadgets in different ways we don't see the electricity but the expressions of electricity are all seen and all the electrical gadgets depend on the same electricity this is what similar to that is what we say is that we all are nothing but the expressions of the same truth that is the universal intelligence it is called as uh, brahman ishwara different names are given and many books i see always ishwara means is they translate as god so that is not the thing ishwara is a very different concept it is the consciousness associated with everything is called ishwara consciousness associated with the individual is called jiva so the same consciousness we are all like the specks from the same bonfire if the bonfire is the totality then we are all like the specks the property of each speck is not different from the property or the quality or the characteristics of the total fire or like it is like if the if the totality is the ocean then we are all like the drops in the ocean but water is the basis for both of them water without water there is no drop without water there is no ocean so water is the truth of both ocean and the a wave or a drop of ocean so we are all considered like waves or drops of ocean and ocean is the totality ishwara and the truth of both of them is nothing but water so that is why you can create any number of forms doesn't matter the truth can reflect in all forms because for us everything is god not just uh, one there is no one god there are not many gods what we have is only god it is all the whole world is expressed uh, the god is expressing the totality universal intelligence is expressing we need to understand i am just quickly covering it up trying to uh, quickly explaining this uh, to make you see the philosophy behind if you want to know more you have to spend some little more time in trying to understand these things so basically uh, hinduism what you call hinduism is not a ism it is based on this understanding so the multiple gods of a 333000 plus doesn't make any difference to us if you don't want to you don't need to don't need to they are all given for meditation purposes they are all given for uh, purposes of focusing your mind 
and also to feel emotionally sort of connected. That's how they have given all these things. So in the yoga practice, if you are, uh, if they're talking about gods and goddesses and mantras and all, it is not the essential part of yoga. Essential part of yoga is to understand your true nature as unconditional, uninterrupted joy and get connected to that. For which you integrate your body, your speech, your breath and your feelings and emotions and everything. So integrating our head, heart, speech and actions, bringing them together is the whole practice. For example, even Namaste is given a religious color by some people. When somebody is saying Namaste, oh it is a Hindu religion. It is absolutely a meaningless thing to talk that way. Because Namaste is made up of two words, Namaha plus Te. Namaha means to, to surrender, to invoke, uh, to recognize. Namaha is to Nama Pravi Bhave. It is like, no, I am surrendering. I am recognizing, uh, recognizing the truth. So Te means to you. So I recognize the truth in you as, not, as the truth in me. It is not different from the truth in me. So both the hands are brought together in front of the heart center. Because heart center is where we uh, point out I. Whenever we point out me, we point out at the heart center. We don't point out at uh, at our uh, knee or at our ankle. So me, whenever you say me, you point it out at your heart center. So that is where we bring the hands together, the right and the left, the physical and the mental. Uh, all our different aspects are brought together in front of our heart center and we bow down indicating we are bringing our uh, uh, head, heart, hands and speech together and we say Namaste, Namaha plus Te Namaste that is Namaste means I recognize the truth in you uh, which is not different from the truth in me the truth is same, expression is different electricity is same, the expression of electricity is different for example, two bulbs meet and say Namaste to each other. They are saying the electricity in me is same as the electricity in you without which we cannot function. But as a bulb, one is a small bulb, other one is a big bulb. It doesn't matter. The expression of this can be different. That is why whenever we say you and I are same in the yoga philosophy, it's not that your body and my body is same, your mind and my mind are same. No. The truth of me and truth of you are same, but the, the, the body is different, the mind is different, our personality is different, our characters are different, our values are different, they are all different, but all of them function only with the basis of the truth without which all these things have no meaning. So that is the purpose of yoga, that is to realize our true nature is the purpose of yoga. Other things are in the periphery, many things are given in the periphery. So the chanting of mantras are recognizing gods and also we celebrate festivals. Festivals is a beautiful way of coming together. They are cultural. They are again not based on belief. When there is a festival then there will be a myth naturally. There will be a myth, a story. Through the stories they were trying to bring philosophy into life. That is not considered as literal. For example, if I say, if I go and tell my father that, no, I don't believe in these stories, he says, don't need to believe in these stories. It doesn't matter, he will say. Because essentially, through the stories, they were bringing about the philosophy. So you like to believe, you believe. You don't like to believe, you don't believe. So that is what we call as a faith, a non-verifiable belief system, which is based on faith. So you can believe. So, but the stories never made the core of the Indian philosophy. If you read the yoga philosophy of Patanjali, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, he is not giving any myth there. There is, there are no stories there. 
is not talking about uh, the patanjali's journey and then uh, all those things no it is the pure philosophy and uh, the rest of the things are the periphery it's there around they make it they are like embellishments they are, they make the whole thing beautiful they make the whole thing beautiful uh, the festivities celebrations um, uh, those things they are also cultural we have to understand its indian traditions are very ancient they are there for 7000 years old oldest in the world so they have a entire uh, tradition is survived the whole traditions survived thousands of years 1000 1000 years uh, of which 700 years of islamic rule and uh, uh, 300 years of uh, uh, british rule christian rule still the hindus survived in india and uh, they are 80% 80 plus even now the indian population 80% or more than 80% are uh, the hindus whether they are practicing or not is different what is meant by practicing hinduism it will be very different but we have to understand that the other religions came to india and they survived and they thrived there was not a single uh, muslim before muslims invaded india so they invaded india and then they converted them similarly with the christians there were no christians here born christians here only christian crusaders or whatever called the 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 saints and others they have come to india and then they converted and if you read the history uh, then you will understand that everyone came here and survived thrived and integrated into the culture there were no atrocities on them they were never attacked they so they tried to attack but it was not the other way around jews came here and survived after israel became independent they passed a resolution uh, thanking india that the jews who came here uh, when they were persecuted all over the world they were never persecuted in india they survived happily um, similarly uh, when british were uh, leaving the country they gave an option uh, to the jews to be designated as uh, uh, jews as well as the uh, parsis who came from iran the parsis were given an option that they can be they can designate themselves as minorities to get some special status they said we don't need anything because we are very happy here the like, prevailing existing indian community they never troubled us in any way we are very happy we don't want to call ourselves a minority and we don't need any special protection uh, so that is how many of the things when you look at it it is not really a religion but nowadays yes it's all politicized and many things happen i am not trying to get into that but yoga when we are talking yoga is not a religion but a few aspects of it may look like religious so that's where you need to understand if you don't try to understand then they can look like religious if you try to understand they are beautiful like simple thing om we have to spend some 10 15 minutes trying to understand what is om i will try to post one podcast on it probably i did it also i don't know i have to check so we need to understand once you understand there is no no fear but yes if you are in the west and you are trying to teach in studios and some studio says that you cannot uh, chant om okay don't do it you lose nothing if the studio doesn't want you to say om you don't say om Uh, but then uh, you try to explain to them if they are in a mood to listen if they are not in a mood to listen you have to understand and you can explain to them about the cultural appropriation that, that you are taking away things from india and you don't want to acknowledge then that's not uh, fair uh, that's not uh, um, uh, right thing so this is how 
Uh, once again, I just summarize. Yoga is not religious. We can say clearly because it's not based on any single belief system, and you don't need to believe in something to practice yoga. One and two, you can practice and verify for yourself what it is talking and what it is giving. Is it empowering you? Because it's not just to strengthen your body alone. It's a empowerment, a self empowerment, trying to take you in the direction of make becoming making you more and more joyful. and more and more stable less and less disturbed so integrating the body breath emotions and thinking and everything bringing them together it is a holistic system so this is another thing and uh, it is also uh, it has no yoga has no headquarters or anything but if you are practicing yoga and becoming like a fanatic that this is the only your correct yoga practice all else are very inferior Uh, then this particular style of yoga is the ultimate rest all came from this these type of things you have to understand you are slowly becoming cultish or uh, uh, becoming a cult and anything which becomes a cult uh, becomes fanatic and then you lose the main purpose the main purpose of yoga is to make you more and more joyful more and more strong more and more empowered and finally take you to the um, to the Uh, ultimate uh, goal of yoga that is to join with one's true nature which is unconditional uninterrupted joy if you have any other further questions on this you can write to me privately and if it's uh, like it then upload the podcast thank you शांति शांति शांति